Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Friday morning podcast on the 1st of March 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, joined today by C.J. Miller. He's with Eric Pfeiffer covering Commodity Classic in Houston this week. And this podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit them online, ffbt.com, or stop in your local branch. CJ caught up with Indiana's Ted McKinney, who just returned from Cuba, and we have a way for you to start an ag business of your own. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says precipitation, but milder temperatures. And yesterday, the ag markets were mixed. Mike Silver checks in with with market analysis on the Hoosier Ag Today Friday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. For many of you here in Indiana, agriculture is your life's work and legacy. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Throughout my career, I've been immersed in Indiana agriculture and appreciate the role that ACI plays on behalf of Indiana agribusinesses. ACI is the proactive voice for agribusiness, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. The takeaways from a recent ag trade trip to Cuba and a unique opportunity to start your own ag business. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today on the road in Houston, Texas for Commodity Classic. And our coverage is brought to you by the Indiana Soybean Alliance, the Indiana Corn Marketing Council, and Sweetwater Technologies. Well, among the ag leaders here in Houston is Indiana native Ted McKinney. He's the CEO of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, or NASDA for short. McKinney received the Friend of Farmer Award, from the Indiana Corn Growers Association and the Indiana Soybean Alliance's Membership and Policy Committee. McKinney also just led a delegation to Cuba last week, which included Indiana State Department of Ag Director Don Lamb. They went to learn more about what it may take to get more U.S. ag products to Cuba, despite decades of political turmoil between the two countries. Well, on the downside, uh, things are not good in their food and ag area. They're down 90, that's 9-0% in pork. They're down at least 40 or 50% in poultry, and it's because they don't have the hard currency to buy feed grains. But the upside that most people are not aware is is that under then-President Raul Castro, they changed the Constitution, this is four or five years ago, where they now allow private companies and private cooperatives. And the question to me is this bridge. Can the rise in those private companies and cooperatives come in time to remedy this tailspin on food and nutrition that they're experiencing? As a humanitarian, as an Aggie, I hope so. But the story is yet to be written on that. McKinney shared an interesting fact about U.S. ag trade to Cuba. Now, I'll just say, most people don't know, but Cuba is our number three market for poultry. It's chicken quarters, it's the legs, but it's doing a lot of the heavy lifts in providing protein for them. 
So we have uh, an anchor there. We already have a presence there. And if we can build on that, then maybe there's an opportunity. And I think that it can get there. You can hear much more of my conversation with NASDA CEO Ted McKinney from Commodity Classic at HoosierAgToday.com. As more and more farmers are hiring companies that use drones to apply crop protection treatments on their farm fields, one company is looking to grow their business by seeking out new owner-operator partners to expand their service throughout Indiana and much of the Midwest. You know, we sell chemicals, sell fertilizer, do all the custom application. And as it grew, we wanted to figure out how to diversify ourselves away from the competition. And that's Chase Grip, whose family owns and operates Sweetwater Technologies, powered by Grip. They're looking for those who want to start their own company and become business partners to help bring their drone application service to more farmers. So we had the idea to start this partnership process and help people that want to come back to the family farm, but there's not really a place for them, grow it to where they have an income producing business, a side business where they can work during the times where they're not needed for planting and harvesting and help contribute back to the farm and have this business that gives them that pathway back. David Taylor, the VP of operations with Sweetwater Technologies, says that partners will be given the tools to help them succeed and grow their own business. We'll have a full line of trainings, everything from product training through our proprietary products and then also any other product you'd want to spray. Um, we've got access to every fungicide on the market. Going through our whole system, we've got a really unique setup for these drones. The starting package is what we call a brush truck and it's got a uh, all-inclusive tank generator, a single drone. Uh, you operate that with two guys, a pilot and then a visual observer. And it's just a super efficient option out there for guys getting into the drone application business. Hannah Harrell, Strategic Partnership Director with Sweetwater Technologies, says in addition to the training and equipment, their company also provides a great deal of support for their network of partners. We provide the billing, the receiving, the legal help, sales support, service support. If you have a drone that goes down, we'll make sure you have another one within the next 24 hours to make sure you're up and running. We supply marketing brochures to be able to let each partner start an income producing business that allows them to grow from there. For more information on becoming an owner operator partner with Sweetwater Technologies, visit sweetwatertechnologies.com you can also find that link at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy type, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms.
I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act today's Indiana Farm forecast. We're looking at some milder air trying to work into the Hoosier State today. It's going to come with a little bit of a caveat, though. There is a system working through the Ohio and Tennessee valleys that's going to be putting down some precipitation in mostly Kentucky, Tennessee, down into the deep south. But a little bit of the northern fringe of that can sneak across Indiana. First of all, it brings clouds for a large part of the state. Secondly, I won't rule out some hit and miss showers down in the southern tier counties of the state. It's not big. We're talking about a few hundreds to a few tenths, that is all. But it's not going to be all bright, shiny, and sunny over the state here through the day today as we start to transition back to mild air. However, the weekend does look beautiful. Sunny and pleasant, well above normal temperatures. Honestly, the way we started this week, is going to be the way most of the weekend turns out. So it's going to be a beautiful set of days. Clouds will increase as we move from Sunday night through Monday, and then we'll have to deal with, I think, a little bit of moisture late Monday afternoon, Monday evening into early Tuesday. That comes with a frontal boundary pushing through. I think we're looking at anywhere from a tenth to three quarters of an inch of moisture. Coverage will end up being 80% of the state from Monday night through Tuesday afternoon. We clear out overnight Tuesday night. Wednesday turns out partly sunny, still okay on temperatures. We're going to be mild, but not super warm. Thursday, the same thing. Late in the week, we're going to be seeing rain come back. It may not be Friday or even Saturday, but a large frontal boundary is building to our west so it's going to move through late next week probably sunday the 10th and it's going to bring anywhere from a quarter to one and a half inches could see some strong thunderstorms in that frontal boundary passage but it's taking its own sweet time that's the way your forecast is stacking up have a great rest of your weekend I'm meteorologist Ryan Mark. Do you have an interest in taking your hay or livestock operation to the next level but need some help doing it? Then head out to the Hay and Livestock Expo hosted by Reynolds Farm Equipment, March 15th from 8 to 3 at the Boone County Fairgrounds. Join them for free lunch and hear from speakers, visit over 15 vendor booths, win door prizes, and more. Pre-register for a chance to win a roll of net wrap and hay knife. To register or for more information, visit events.reynoldsfarmequipment.com slash hay-livestock-expo Dash 24. Up a little in corn and wheat, the bean market goes lower. This is Hoosier Ag Today and the Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements from an up and down day Thursday coming up. First market analysis. And I checked in with Mike Silver at the end of trade for that. Mike with Kokomo Green. Mike, a seesaw week and it continued with some seesaw action, especially in soybeans on Thursday. Let's start with soybeans. Mostly a weaker day there, although following the other markets higher at one point in time. But it started off on a negative note with a pretty disappointing export sales report. Not that that market needs more disappointing news. Exactly, Andy. Happy Leap Day, by the way. February the 29th, the last day of the month, and it also happens to be first notice day in the futures market. So folks with basis contracts against either March corn futures or March soybean futures, today was a day they either had to do some pricing against uh, that uh, March contract or roll those contracts to the May futures price reference. So uh, our company, as well as other companies, other green companies, have been busy today doing a lot of that uh, pricing and rolling, and that has had a little impact on the market. But uh, as you said, the uh, disappointing soybean export sales this morning, although they were better than last week. Uh, last week, we had 55.9 thousand metric tons. This morning, 159.7. 
So it was better than last week, but it was certainly at the low end of the range of estimates. 100 to 600,000 tons was the estimate. We did have uh, good corn export uh, sales announced today. They were up from last week. Last week we had 820, and this morning we had uh, 1,082, uh, well, 1.082 million metric tons. Uh, the estimate, and that was that was toward the upper end of the estimates. The estimate was uh, 600 to 1.2 million. Uh, the wheat number came in at 327. That was just a little lower than last week. So really nothing, um, nothing remarkable in any of those numbers. Uh, we still lag the pace in corn and soybeans that we need to meet the USDA balance sheet projections for the export sales. Uh, corn obviously is doing a better job than the soybeans. But uh, still, uh, that is a burden on the market. And just large global supplies of both corn and soybeans, uh, just uh, we cannot get this market to move very strongly to the upside. Now, having said that, uh, we did post uh, fresh contract lows Monday in um, the uh, soybeans uh, and uh, the corn markets. So right now, the market's challenge is to try and of course, we're cash bids now are against May futures, May corn futures and May soybean futures. So we've talked about this before in previous weeks, but the 20, 20 day moving average uh, is the threshold that we need to cross in both the corn and the soybean markets in order to get really any upside momentum uh, for whatever reason, whether it's export sales, uh, macroeconomic news or whatever it is, but we ne we need to break through that uh, 20-day moving average, which is which has been acting as resistance now for a long time. So, uh, in corn, the magic number there, that 20-day in the May corn futures right now is at 436, and it looks like in May tonight, uh, well, we're, we're going to go home somewhere around 430, 430 and a half, something like that, and the magic 20-day moving average number uh, in the May soybean futures is 1176 and three quarters. And May futures looks like today uh, we're 1142 uh, ish is where we're going to close tonight. Um, so we're uh, what 30 cents off of the uh, yeah, something like that. Close to that. Uh, point is we, we need to break up through those, 20-day moving averages before we can really get any momentum going. Uh, funds are still extremely short. Uh, the nearby contracts in both corn and soybeans. <clears throat> the other thing that we have going on, in particularly the uh, corn market, is that according to the uh, Commitment to Traders report, the commercials, and that would be uh, the processors, the end users, grain elevators, are long. We are record long in corn for the commercial component of the commitment of traders report. Now what that converts to is farmers still have a lot of ownership via basis contracts, uh, via unpriced bin corn or beans that's on the farm. Uh, farmers have been reluctant sellers at the flat price levels 
uh, and continue to be. So we've got that going on, uh, and we need we'll get an update from the from the uh, Commodity Futures Trading Commission in the Commitment of Traders report uh, late tomorrow afternoon, and we'll see how much uh, that's changed. But uh, funds are still short; uh, they're record basically they're record short uh, in corn and soybeans. Corn in particular. Uh, they're approaching record short in soybeans. So we need to keep an eye on that. Um, and, of course, uh, if the funds ever decide that they want to reverse those positions and start covering that, uh, then we could see a little pop in this market. But, again, th- that 20-day moving average in both corn and soybeans uh, <clears throat> is a reference point that we need to keep an eye on. Uh South American weather is really not a factor in the market. Uh, The uh, production estimates for the Brazilian soybean crop uh, are declining, but they're still in line with what the trade has been expecting. So really, there's really nothing from the fundamental side right now, Andy, that makes a convincing argument that we should start uh, moving this market higher. Hopefully, uh, what I just said will not come to fruition. Hopefully, we'll be able to move this market higher, but it's going to be a tough road to hoe, so to speak, as we move toward planting season here. Um, And that's not so awfully far away if we really stop and think about it. Um, Today is the last day of the price determination period for the spring prices for our federal crop insurance products, the February average of December futures uh, and November soybean futures determines our uh, spring prices. Uh, that uh, Those prices are quite a bit lower than they were at this time last year, which means two things. Uh, our, our revenue guarantees uh, are going to be lower this year than they were last year, and the premiums, uh, the crop insurance premiums are going to be lower this year than they were last year on a per acre basis due to that fact. And just a reminder that uh, crop insurance, uh, especially the federal crop insurance uh, products, they are uh, continuous. So if folks want to make any changes to their crop insurance program, either the type of insurance that they're using or the coverage level, those decisions need to be made by March the 15th, which tomorrow's March the 1st, so the clock's ticking toward that deadline. The other thing is folks need to get with their FSA office and decide on a farm serial number basis uh, for corn and soybeans uh, whether they are going to use the uh, PLC program or the Art County program. Uh, as uh, the component of the uh, participation in the farm program. So there are decisions that need to be made, not only in terms of pricing of grain uh, and availing themselves of opportunities, but also in getting their crop insurance decisions for this new crop year uh, made and documented and underway. And just remember, if you don't do anything, the um, program that you had last year Uh, will be the type of insurance and the coverage level that you have for 2024. So just a reminder, um, we just need to keep an eye on things, Andy. Uh, These markets, uh, farmer selling is still 
not fabulous. Uh, folks are selling enough to uh, meet cash flow needs and not much more and still encourage folks to keep an eye on, keep a safe eye on the quality of that grain that's in the bins because there's still a considerable amount of uh, corn in particular, not so many soybeans, not as many soybeans as there is corn on the farm yet in bins, but certainly um, need to keep an eye on uh, especially that corn to make sure that uh, it stays in condition. We get the bins cored well, and uh, but do it in a safe manner. Mike Silver analysis. Mike at Kokomo Grain, the number there, 800-666-0613. More numbers now. Settlements from Thursday trade up two and a half cents on the front month March corn. May contract goes up a penny, 429 and a half, and July 441 and a quarter also up a penny. May beans eleven forty and three quarters, losing four and a half cents, and July down four and a half, eleven fifty one and a quarter, and May wheat five seventy six and a quarter, a gain of a penny and a half. The meat market's quiet and mixed. April live cattle one eighty five thirty five, down seventy seven cents, and April lean hogs sixty two cents up at eighty six sixty two. I mean, do you bank with the Thursday market review? This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.